0: The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network, Buzz Burbank, news and comment. Monday, October 17th, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news. On a commercial-free Monday, made possible when you support the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. There's only one town in Iraq that ISIS still controls, but the U.S. is providing air support and advice on the ground as tens of thousands of Iraqi and Kurdish soldiers go house to house in Mosul to push out ISIS. It's expected to be a long and bloody battle with many more civilian casualties as ISIS uses those civilians as human shields. In Syria, forces fighting the Assad government there are also fighting ISIS and have just taken back the town of dabik near the Turkish border as ISIS real estate continues to shrink again with help from the U.S. The long and ugly presidential campaign got uglier over the weekend with the firebombing of a Republican Party office in Hillsborough, North Carolina. Near the UNC campus, someone had spray-painted the words, Nazi Republicans, get out of town or else. The governor calls it an attack on our democracy. Donald Trump calls it animals, representing Hillary Clinton and Democrats in North Carolina. Hillary Clinton's campaign tweeted the attack is, quote, horrific and unacceptable, very grateful that everyone is safe. Democrats and independents outnumber Republicans in that county by a five to one margin. The bombing's being investigated, of course. The presidential campaign you thought would never end will end three weeks from tomorrow. And it's at this point that Clinton leads Trump by five and a half percent when you average a half dozen respected polls. The NBC News Wall Street Journal poll has Clinton 10 points ahead of Trump. Even the Fox News poll puts her 8 points ahead of Trump. Trump has clearly made gains along the way. When he entered the race in July of last year, Clinton led by nearly 20 points. By mid-September 2015, Trump had narrowed the gap to just one point. That was the first of six occasions upon which the race would be virtually tied. By late July of this year, he led Clinton by a point. The Electoral College map shows that Trump could still win enough states to win the election, but that Clinton is a lot closer to that magic number of 270 Electoral College votes. She has 256 to Trump's 170, with 112 Electoral College votes still anybody's guess. The website 538 now gives Clinton a better than 86% chance of winning the election three weeks from tomorrow. And although Trump managed to raise $100 million in September, mostly from small contributions, he was still unable to match the money raised by Hillary Clinton, who raised over $150 million in that same month. After paying the bills, Trump now has $75 million in his campaign piggy bank. Clinton has $150 million. An increasingly desperate Trump has now called for a drug test prior to the third and final debate Wednesday night. Trump told supporters Saturday Clinton's getting pumped up, adding, you understand, quoting Trump, we should take a drug test prior because I don't know what's going on with her. Either we win this election, said Donald Trump, or we lose this country. When Trump said that to his supporters over the weekend, it revealed two things, a candidate desperate to regain his chance at becoming president and that it would be next to impossible for Clinton to lead the country if elected. Clinton's already high disapproval rating has been stoked by Trump to the point that half the country doesn't want her to be president, and nearly that many despise her. Trump spent the weekend attacking those who've attacked him from the women who say he groped them, to the Republicans who've abandoned him, to the media, to, of course, Mrs. Clinton, and now Saturday Night Live. Trump says the groping allegations are a distraction from the real issues, the real issues being in his mind that emails stolen from the Clinton campaign published by WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks even stole and published the text of three speeches Clinton was paid by Goldman Sachs to deliver. Interestingly, nothing terribly damaging has been revealed in the thousands of emails leaked so far, mostly just the typical political maneuvering you'd expect from any campaign. A Catholic on Clinton's staff had made critical remarks about her fellow Catholics. There's evidence Clinton may have been tipped off about a question she'd be asked at a town hall meeting. But as usual, nothing that reveals any illegal activity and without any confirmation that all the emails are real. Nothing in the leaked Clinton emails reveal actual wrongdoing, certainly nothing that falls to the level of sexual misconduct. Trump says allegations he sexually harassed and assaulted women are lies. Many Americans who hail from Somalia, and American Muslims for that matter, are worried and with good reason. Over the weekend, three Kansas men were accused of plotting to blow up a mosque and an apartment building that mostly houses Somali Americans. The men in their 40s now face possible life in prison on federal charges of conspiring to use a weapon of mass destruction. Even more frightening, the men are part of a militia group that's as anti-Muslim as you can get. This happened in rural America, many miles from a big city. Garden City, Kansas is in the southeastern part of the state and home to a Tyson meat plant that legally employs many Somali-Americans. Democratic Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren is calling on President Obama to fire Mary Jo White as head of the Securities and Exchange Commission. And while that might not sound like something that affects you, it does. The SEC is the federal government agency that's supposed to enforce the laws that rule the stock market and other financial institutions. That affects your 401k. But there's a law the commission has not been enforcing, the one that requires corporations to report to the government what they've spent on politics. Senator Warren says Mary Jo White has made it clear she has no intention of enforcing that law, which Warren says proves what she's suspected for a while, that SEC Chair Mary Jo White puts corporate interests ahead of the needs of the country and its people. In a 12-page letter to the president, Warren wrote... I do not make this request lightly. I've tried to persuade White to complete the rules Congress has required it to implement, but after years of fruitless efforts, it's clear White is set on her course. Wrote Warren, the only way to return the SEC to its intended purpose is to change its leadership. That's something the president can do without going through Congress. A president can replace the chair of the commission with another member of the commission by executive order. Senator Warren's asking President Obama to do just that. The parents of some of the young children slaughtered by gunfire at Sandy Hook four years ago may not sue the maker of the AR-15 assault rifle used that day. Not until we change federal laws, apparently. Half the families of students and teachers killed at that Connecticut elementary school had sued Remington, accusing it of making a semi-automatic gun designed to kill people. But a judge has ruled the suit cannot go forward the way gun laws are currently written, protecting gunmakers from lawsuits over the misuse of their products. The only time a gunmaker can be sued is if the company was somehow negligent. And under Connecticut law, a suit against a gunmaker must be filed either by the person who legally bought the gun or by another gun company. The lawyer guiding the lawsuit says he's not surprised by the defeat, considering the law, but He said he tried to carve out a new exception and that he'll keep trying. Quoting the attorney, we will appeal this decision and continue our work to help prevent the next Sandy Hook. In its fourth year, with over three and a half million downloads, this is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the Realm Network. The winds from Matthew were relatively mild for a hurricane when that storm hit the Carolinas eight days ago. Classified by wind speed, as hurricanes are, Matthew was a category one out of four, one being the least windy. So Matthew's wind damage is mostly manageable. But that doesn't bring back the now 50 people killed by the flooding or undo the $10 billion in damage. The amount of rain in a hurricane does not get factored into its category rating. That needs to change, says North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory. He says downgrading Matthew from a Cat 4 to a Cat 1 was misleading to the public. McCrory is now pushing for the feds to change the way hurricanes are classified, to start including the threat they pose with water as well as the threat they pose with wind. The historic, predominantly black town of Princeville is still 80% under the water of a Category 1 storm. A federal court has upheld the California law that requires all pregnancy clinics to remind women that abortion is a legal and affordable option, even when a clinic opposes abortion for reasons religious or otherwise. 3 nonprofit non-profit anti-abortion groups had sued to overturn that law, saying it violated their rights to free speech and freedom of religion. This federal appeals court in San Francisco disagreed, so the California law stands for now. But opponents say they'll likely file yet another appeal indicating the case could be headed for an understaffed Supreme Court. From now on, juries in Florida will no longer be able to order the death penalty if the vote isn't unanimous. Up till now, it took only a majority of the 12 jurors to recommend execution, but that's just been declared unconstitutional by the Florida Supreme Court. The courts ordered the state's lawmakers and its governor to rewrite the law. Also, Florida can no longer let a judge order the death penalty when the juries voted not to use it. That change was ordered earlier this year by the U.S. Supreme Court. The state Supreme Court ruling affects current and future cases, but does not address the nearly 400 death row inmates who were sentenced under the old unconstitutional laws. That's something else Florida lawmakers will need to address. The U.S. embargo in Cuba is still very much in place. American companies are not allowed to import Cuban goods into this country, but Americans can travel to and from Cuba, and now... They can bring back as many Cuban cigars and as much Cuban rum as they wish, so long as they pay the taxes and swear it's strictly for their personal use, not for resale. President Obama has signed an executive order lifting the restrictions on cigars and rum, restrictions that had been in place for nearly 60 years. Many diehard fans are not letting go of their new Samsung Galaxy Note 7 smartphones, that some of those phones exploded, caught fire, started fires, and injured people wasn't enough to persuade some customers to cooperate with the worldwide recall. But hanging on is getting harder than hanging it up. Samsung is now offering various cash rewards and incentives to round up the phones that damaged its reputation, cost it billions of dollars, and tied it up in court for the next few years. Several airlines had banned the phones and now the U.S. Transportation Department has banned the new Note 7s from all airline flights in this country. Officials say anyone trying to board a plane with one will be stopped at the gate, and that anyone who tries to get one through in their luggage will face criminal charges. Quoting our Transportation Secretary, even one fire in flight puts many lives at risk. In fact, one of the phones did fill a cabin with smoke, forcing the evacuation of a Southwest Airlines flight. Flames from the phone also burned the airplane's carpet, although a flight attendant got it under control quickly. Airlines are now equipping their planes with fireproof bags to contain a phone fire and special gloves to get the phone into the bag. Virtually the entire industrialized world has agreed to take on climate change by reducing the burning of fossil fuels. The next target is HFCs, hydrofluorocarbons we use to charge refrigerators and air conditioners in our homes, cars, offices and factories hydrofluorocarbons are greenhouse gases that keep heat trapped in the earth's atmosphere at a time the world's temperature is rising. HFCs are even worse about this than the carbon emissions from cars and factories. The latest, nearly one-fourth of the Great Coral Reef is now dead, according to officials in Australia. Now nearly 200 countries have agreed to limit the use of HFCs and to reduce their use by at least 10%. The countries with the healthiest economies will go first to meet a three-year deadline. The poorest nations are being given 12 years. Refrigerants that don't damage the environment have been and continue to be developed, including one being aggressively pushed by the Coca-Cola company. Worldwide sales of whiskey have increased by 26 percent over the past six years, and no company profited more than the makers of Jim Beam. Now, workers at various beam plants have walked off the job after the company made what it said was its final contract offer. The whiskey maker says it has a backup plan to keep making bourbon without the folks who walked out in Kentucky and Boston. The union says the striking workers deserve a better standard of living, more money, and a better balance between work and family time. Quoting the local's president, all of us work hard and have earned and deserve a better life. The company says with its backup plan, there will be no shortage of Jim Beam. Here's your weekly Fandango movie roundup. Ben Affleck's The Accountant was number one over the weekend with a nearly $25 million opening. Kevin Hart's What Now? was second. Girl on the Train was third. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children was fourth. And Deepwater Horizon fifth. Rounding out the top ten, Stork's Magnificent Seven, Middle School, Sully, and Birth of a Nation. For your local theaters and showtimes, previews, tickets, and so much more, and to support this free news, please use and bookmark the Fandango link you'll find at buzzburbank.com. And finally, in England, a customer at an electronics store left a devastating mark. The security camera shows how the calamity unfolded. As the customer bent down to get a closer look at one flat-screen TV, he bumped into another one, causing it to fall It fell into another TV, which fell into another. Flat screens were collapsing like dominoes. When the startled customer backed up, he bumped into two more TVs, knocking them over as well. The video ends with the customer and a store worker surveying the damage in disbelief. Damage is estimated at $6,000. If the you break it, you buy it rule is in play here, this guy is screwed. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thank you for listening and thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank news and Comment. Buzz 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 Buzz, 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 buzz. Oh! The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.